Today we're continuing our series on the attributes of God by speaking of just kind of a few important attributes of God that are all what are known as incommunicable attributes. As we defined that recently, those are those that can't be shared by humans. So these are things that are unique to God as opposed to communicable, which are the attributes that we imitate and we try to to practice in our own lives. So we've been seeing how God is infinite, and that and this is going to kind of I think shine light on that that God's person and perfections are unlimited. So we're going to define these as three different what are known as the omnis. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I refer to them. I don't know if they're known that way, but God's omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Mm-hmm. So first of all, Mikey, what does that um, prefix omni mean? Yeah, omni just means all. Okay. That just means just means all. So when we say, uh, let's talk about omniscience first. So yeah, um, yeah. what is what is omni and science? What does that together mean? So omniscience is the fact that God is all knowing. He knows everything. Okay, He knows everything. That is, uh, it's a lot of stuff to know. Um, yeah. So where does the Bible teach this? Uh, all over the place. But I'll read a few examples. Psalm one forty seven verse five. I think has all three of these. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Or Isaiah 40, verse 28, says, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Hmm. Or Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purposes. So God knows everything past, present, future. And first uh, Chronicles 28 and or 28 verse nine says for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. Hmm. So not only does God know past, present, future, he even knows what's in your mind. He knows everything. Yeah. We can even say he knows all possible futures right all possible yeah. paths because he he sets he lays out history in a specific way to accomplish his purposes so his knowledge is unsearchable right, right? and and you could i mean the the more you think about the fact that god knows everything the more awe-inspiring that is because right. there there's so much knowledge that we don't have right like remember when when job is challenged by god right do you know this do you know that and he has to go <laughs> yeah i don't I don't have these answers. Right. And it, we think that because we can explain some of the mechanics of how nature works, that therefore we understand it. We don't. Right. We don't. We have such small understanding of the entirety of life. So why does this matter so much that we understand that God is omniscient? Yeah, so it matters for us because, I mean, multiple reasons. One reason is because we have to recognize that God knows everything that's in our heart. He knows everything we do and that we can't hide anything from him. And so this has consequences for um, our eternal fate. We, we can't think that we're going to slip by God's judgment because we look good on the outside. No, God mm-hmm. sees our hearts. He sees everything we do in secret. And so the only hope we have is believing in Jesus for yeah. salvation because we all have sinned and God has seen every bit of it. Yeah. And so there's that. There's also the fact that we can trust God for wisdom for the future. We can ask him for help knowing that he knows everything. He has infinite experience and wisdom and knowledge of everything. So he's the best person to go to for, for help. And also the Bible, his word 
is a reflection of the fact that he knows everything. And so his wisdom is what's best for us. Yeah. And you know, I'm fond of saying like, you and I, we mix up your and your Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) like simple, easy things. Totally. And yet we think that sometimes we think that we can plan our path and know the future. Well, like we're not qualified for that job. Yeah. That is something so far beyond our ability um, and our knowledge that we have to trust the one who knows everything and who has planned and declared the end from the beginning. Right. Uh, so any other path is foolishness. Right. To depend on yourself. I mean, that's why Proverbs 3, 5, right? Yeah. Trust in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding. Right. So that, that leaning on your understanding is thinking that you know how it's done instead of saying, no, God knows, so I'm going to trust him with my whole heart. Right. That's, that's just a simple aspect of wisdom. Okay, so that's omniscience. What about omnipotence? So omnipotence is referring to the fact that God is all powerful. He has all power. He can do anything that he wants to do. He can make a rock so big he can't lift it. Not like that, though. (laughs) So it's it's anything that is not absurd. Yes. And so he's not going to do... That's why I said he does anything that he wants to do. And so it's going to be something that is not against his character. So God doesn't do evil. So when we say that God can do everything, we're not saying... God can commit evil acts. We're just saying that any feat of power that we can think of, that is not absurd, like making a square circle or something yeah. like that. God, Illogical. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a God of chaos. Right. So because he's orderly, he's going to do things within that order. So, right. so, But we're not saying, so we're not saying making a rock so big you can't lift it or illogical things like right. that. When we say all-powerful, you're saying he can do anything that he wants to do, anything that's in in line with his character that right. he desires to do, he can do. Yes. And that desiring is very important. Right. Right. So there's certain things that God can't do. Right? right. Like we see that God can't lie. Right. But it's not because he's limited in power. It's because his character would never permit him to lie. Right. It's not within his character to do that. Okay. So where does, where does the Bible teach the omnipotence of God? Well, one of the clearest passages is the very first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he did that all by speaking. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Yeah. And so just by speaking, he created the entire universe. That's like the ultimate flex. That is a flex. <laughs> <laughs> just by speaking. Incredible. And we should be we should be in awe of that. Right. right? What are the other passages? There's the one I read earlier, Psalm 147, verse 5. Great is our Lord, abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Mm-hmm. Or there's Ephesians 1.19 or 1.9. Yeah, 1.9. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? That is verse 19, actually. So, yeah, he has immeasurable greatness of mm-hmm. power. Yeah. That is infinite power. Yeah. Okay, so he can do... As he pleases, I think of Daniel 4, right? Yeah. Um, with this power over Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar's response is that, right, God can do anything. He's in charge of the nations, right? He sets over them whoever he wills. It's right. just this, this amazing like, psalm of praise to the power of God. And so the Bible is just so clear that God has all power in his hands. Yeah. Why does that matter? It matters for a bunch of reasons. One is, so... Just like the fact that God knows everything we've done, we also know that we can't escape his judgment in the end. He will mm-hmm. do exactly what he pleases with us. So if we're deserving punishment, we're going to be doing a video on God's justice. The fact that 
He gives everyone exactly what they deserve. And so we can't slip past God because he doesn't know, nor can we slip past him because he can't catch us or something like that. He is able to do what he pleases with us. So there's that. There's also the truth that God uh, determines everything that happens in the universe. He predestines us for adoption. He saves us and he predestines everything that happens. And so God is in total control of every circumstance we have in our life, which should actually comfort us knowing that this God who knows everything and who loves us is actually in control of everything should really comfort us. That's good. Yeah. God is, God is able. He's able to, to save. He's able to change hearts. He's able to answer prayers. And I think often we, we, will limit our prayers because at some level we think that certain things aren't worth praying for. Right. That person's too far gone. There's no way they can change. The reality is God can change anyone that he wants to. Absolutely. And when we when we limit God and we think, well, but God wouldn't, you know, be able to accomplish this thing or that thing, we we take we try to rob glory from him. Right. right. So that that's a serious thing. And we maybe miss on a chance to see him work in an amazing way in someone's life. Right. So the fact that God is all powerful, that's a pretty easy one to see exactly why that matters. Yeah. Because if God was all knowing, he understood what we needed and he he saw everything, he saw every injustice, but he wasn't all powerful, then he'd be very well intentioned, but he would be weak. Right. Right. He wouldn't be able to do what we need. So we need a God who is all powerful. Right. And praise God, that's who we worship. Well, what about omnipresence? What does this mean? So uh, this is the fact that he is present everywhere. He is all present. That's the one that's probably easiest to know just by seeing the word. He is everywhere. Um, There's nowhere that God is not. He's, um, yeah. And so there is a distinction generally, though, that that he is present everywhere, but there's also a sense in which he has special presence in some places and not others. Okay. So there's a general and a special presence of God that I think are important to distinguish, though, with that. Yeah, so when we see, like in Ezekiel, the presence of God in the temple and moving away from the temple, there is something specific to that. Right. And, And we're not saying, we're not pantheists. Mm-hmm. We're not saying, like, this table is God. Yeah. <laughs> right, so God is present here with us. Right. We're not out of his presence. We can't run from him. But it doesn't mean the stuff around us is God. That's very right. different from pantheism, which would say that, right? Yeah. That everything is God. Okay, so where does the Bible teach that God is present everywhere? Uh, for instance, Jeremiah 23, verses 23 to 24, says, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? So those are a bunch of questions, but the obvious answer being, he is everywhere. Yeah. He is not far away. He does see everything. Yeah. So when you see that language, do I not, it's an implied that yes, yes answer. <laughs> of course, of course you do. Yeah. So right. it's, it's an obvious, easy question to say God is everywhere, filling everything. Right. Okay, what else? Yeah, so that one was pointing more to the general presence that God is everywhere, but another verse that shows more of his special presence is in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. It says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Hmm. So we could bring up just the whole... uh, 
theology behind the temple and things like that. This just this verse is speaking to the fact that as Christians, when we're given the Holy Spirit, we are God's temple. His special presence is within us because we have the Holy Spirit and people who don't believe in Jesus don't have the Holy Spirit living mm-hmm. in them. And so there is a sense in which God is in one place specially and not in others. Okay, good, good. And then in Psalm 139 is, of course, yeah. what first comes to mind for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can read that. Psalm 139, especially verses 7 to 10 there. It says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. So yeah. It's pointing yeah. both. The fact that he's everywhere and he's also specially with his people at the same time. Yep. So highest heights, lowest depths, right? Sheol being the grave. And then the uttermost parts of the sea. So the the breadth of the earth. Right. So he's speaking hyperbolically as far I mean, I'm not I shouldn't say hyperbolically, but he's speaking in an extreme way. Yeah. Right? He's not exaggerating here. He's saying, No, literally, I'm thinking of the the farthest places I could go. Right. And you would still be there. Yep. So there's nowhere to run from God, which is incredibly comforting. Yeah. Right? That we have a God who knows everything, who is can do everything. But not only that, but he is a God who is with us. He's present with us. Right. And there's there's amazing comfort in that to know that I even as a kid I, w- I would think about that, you know, okay, if we if I go to this distant place, God'll still be with me. Yeah. It's not beyond his reach. It's an amazing thing it's easy to keep that to take for granted as a Christian. In this ancient Near Eastern times, you they believed that there were local gods, mm-hmm. gods that had control of certain regions and they would battle each other. And so if you, if you were far from home, you were not in the presence of your God. Mm. That's not how <laughs> the God of the universe truly is, though. Right. He is, he is present everywhere. Everywhere is in his presence. Okay. So uh, what do we take away from that, all this? So all of that is things that are so comforting and helpful for us to know. But I think fundamentally what this should lead us to is to worship th- this great God, Um, I think it's so important to recognize as we talk about all this theology and these fancy words that this leads us to worship. There's a classic saying that people say, theology leads to doxology, meaning Mm -hmm. that we should worship when we hear these things about God because our God knows everything about us. He's able to save us. He's able to answer our prayers and he is with us and will never leave us. So that should be something that amazes us and leads us to worship God. Amen. Amen.